The best part of the bus ride home from the local middle school was the hump in the road, which existed to accommodate the irrigation ditch that ran through town and under the thoroughfare. The hump was drastic enough that the children in the back five seats would be flung into the air as the back tires rolled over the protrusion, so we jumped at the pinnacle to amplify the effect. This is a fun memory, which serves to remind me of some of the simple joys of growing up. One day, just after our exciting ride over the irrigation hump, and just as the bus rolled to the next stop, I saw two dogs playing next to one of the nearby homes. A thought came to me from the inner workings of my developing brain. This thought should have been allowed to make an entrance onto the stage of my mind, then immediately ushered to the exit to give way for more wholesome and kind-hearted ideas. Unfortunately, 14-year-old boys are not known for their impulse control, and to that assertion, I was no exception. Across the aisle from me sat Michael. He was very quiet and usually kept to himself. I was never particularly kind to Michael, but I don't recall hazing him at a high level the way other children did. Michael was, for lack of a better phrase, one of the stinky kids. Doubtless, he lived with more cats than humans, and there was no evidence that the washing machine or dryer at his house was operational. As the bus creaked to a stop, I pointed at the two dogs playing in the adjacent yard and loudly proclaimed, Look, Mike, your parents are here to pick you up two stops early. The laughter was penetrating. Michael retreated to his corner, and I was heralded for my cleverness. To this day, there is nothing quite like delivering a joke that I wrote and having an audience respond positively to it. The flood of emotions in my brain may be the reason I recall this story so well from a quarter century ago. I remember that positive emotion of generating laughter from the kids who hazed Michael, and I relished in it. I also remember the presence of another emotion, a much more heavy and profound emotion. The feeling you get when you do something that intentionally hurts a fellow being for the purposes of amusement. On that day, I was a bully. I was raised in a solid two-parent home full of peace, love, and prosperity. Compared to most, I was very blessed. My parents also raised me with religious principles like respect for the golden rule and love God and love your neighbor. I wish I could tell a kinder, gentler Hollywood ending to this interaction, but I can't. Michael moved shortly after this exchange, and I am left to wonder how his life has turned out. I really wish I had been able to teach my younger self to be more careful with his words. I wish my younger self had absorbed the teachings of Wayne Dyer. Quote, when given the choice between being right or being kind, choose kind. I failed, and I am sorry for that failure and the feeling of guilt that surrounds this memory. Still, at a deeper level, I wish someone could have taught Michael some coping skills so he wouldn't have allowed himself to be hurt by the things we said to him. I wish wholeheartedly that after I suggested the two dogs playing were his parents, that he would have smiled and responded, Thanks for your concern. Sorry they used your front yard as a latrine. Wishing, hoping, and dreaming that children and adults can learn to not be offensive to each other is a wonderful goal.
but it may be as likely as persuading the sun to change course and start setting in the east, just to make things fair. This book is for all the Michaels. This book is for those that sit by themselves, for those that are teased, and for those that are harassed. This book is for everyone who is marginalized. Even more importantly, it is for those who think they are marginalized or feel broken. I hope this work can give you the coping skills necessary to endure those emotional and circumstantial slings and arrows that are an inevitable part of human existence. Hindsight always seems to provide excellent perspective. Only months after Michael moved away, my little brother started to be hazed and ridiculed at a shocking level, which persisted throughout his experience in government schools. Only months after Michael moved away was I treated like an other, someone who was different, someone worth mockery and ridicule. Through these experiences, I became stronger. I've grown in knowledge and confidence and hope to convey some of those tools to subsequent generations. I will conclude with another personal anecdote, which is provided by a friend of mine with her permission, of course. The following statement was posted on my friend Katie's Instagram account. Katie, you are so GD ugly. No wonder why no one likes your disgusting ugly A. You should be ashamed of yourself. I ought to come and kick your butt ugly A face. You should definitely put a bag over your face to cover your ugliness. Oh, congratulations, Miss Fairview, a town of 20 people. Parenthesis, clapping sign, close parenthesis. You be them all to get there. There is a reason why nobody likes your ugly A. Maybe if you weren't such a B and a piece of S. Can't wait to come there and kick your A. Ugly A B. I was as shocked as you to see that this person failed to use any hashtags at the end of the rant. So weird. Also, please forgive me for redacting the naughty words. When I was young, I was programmed to only use words like that if you were trying to tell a farm animal or a golf ball where to go. If you aren't sure which words are cloaked, just take your copy of this book to the closest middle school and any number of those lovely children will be happy to decipher the text for you. The children can help with the audio version as well, I'm sure. As mentioned, Katie was a crowned beauty queen in her hometown and her county. She also represented those communities in the Miss Utah competition and is, by most accounts, a very sweet and attractive young woman. Katie's response to this defamation is so beautiful, I have to share it as well, also with her permission. Quote, My platform as Miss Sanpete County last year was, Now is the time to be kind. I talked to my community, mostly our schools, about how little we realize the effect that we have on others. Every action, word, or even a message on social media can change someone's day in an instant. So be kind. Look outside yourself. Make an effort in trying to make someone else smile instead of being consumed with your own contentment. No act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. To whomever took the time to make a fake Instagram account to send me this well-thought-out message, 
I feel empathy for you. Bringing people down won't help you raise to the top. Be kind. Closed quote by Katie Nielsen. I firmly believe that every anti-bullying measure taken by churches, communities, and schools has value. And I wish that Katie's platform could have worldwide appeal so everyone could decide that now is the time to be kind. The problem is that these efforts will fail. There will always be hurting children and adults that get a dopamine rush from hurting others. Also, in a cultural melting pot, unintended behaviors and words have the potential to offend us. Consider this. What if my friend Katie was not a talented and beautiful person? I've done some simple back-of-the-envelope calculations and have deduced that about half of all people are below average. If the hurtful words in the above passage were pointed at Katie and they were all true, I would hope she could still cope with them in such a way that she remained in control of her emotions so she could maintain her good humor. If we are to avoid the repetition of some of the more gruesome chapters in the history books, I believe we as individuals must get better at coping with negative stimuli so we can maintain our handle on reality. Abraham Lincoln may have said it best, be too big to take offense and too noble to give it. Live well and make it a great day.